Hello, welcome to Quality Sense, a podcast for anyone interested in software testing and quality. My name is Federico Toredo, and today I will share with you another interview with a special guest, who I think is an inspiration for any test engineer out there who wants to drive their organization's quality engineering and shift left testing practices, working in a way that developers and testers can best collaborate. Get to know Andrei Momot, a QA lead at WalkMe. In our conversation, Andrei shares his keys to success in a team where developers are in charge of manual testing and the QA lead owns the overall test and automation strategy. With this approach, WalkMe was able to drastically reduce the amount of support tickets coming in and enhance the quality of its product out of the gate. I'm sure you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Hello, Andre. How are you doing today? Hi, Fede. I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. Thank you so much for accepting the invitation. It's great to have you here in the show. So, Andre, can you tell me how you ended up working in software testing? Sure. Um, so before I started to work in the tech industry, uh, I worked in retail. So I got to manage stores and interact with customers. Um, very different uh, than what I'm doing right now. Uh, and after several years, I uh, was looking for a change. So uh, I started my degree. I finished a degree in industrial engineering. And uh, at the end of uh, my first year, I was hired for a, a support role at a small financial software company. After two years or so, I then got an amazing opportunity to work uh, as the sole QA for a cybersecurity startup which was a great experience for me. And I was able to learn a lot uh, and I never looked back. <laughs> Go quality. <laughs> uh, let's start talking and understanding what do you do at WalkMe? Yeah, sure. So uh, currently I'm the QA domain lead of WalkMe's uh, all-in-one analytic analytics platform, uh, which is called Insights. So uh, I'm in charge of all the quality processes and activities uh, related to uh, my product has the main offering, which is the digital adoption platform, in short, DAP. Uh, basically, uh, our product helps uh, users to use uh, technology faster and more efficiently by shifting the burden of learning every new feature, process, and platform to uh, our uh, digital adoption platform, to our product. Uh, and the product that I'm working on, uh, basically, we're uh, providing general user behavior and core analytics for uh, WalkMe's content. Amazing. I remember you told me that you work as the only tester in your team, right? Yeah, so I'm the uh, sole QA domain lead for Insights. Uh, yeah, so I'm in charge of all the quality activities. How does it feel to be the only tester in a group? Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of responsibility. Uh, I will say that for sure. Um, you definitely get to know uh, every area of your product really well. You know, so you need to be on point of everything at all times. Um, uh, but it's, of course, challenging, but in a good way, I think. And of course, I'm not reliant on other QA engineers, so I uh, get to do things differently. This is, this is uh, uh, one of the main topics we, we, we like to address today because I'm really interested about how to involve developers, engineers in, in testing activities. Definitely. So um, uh, how, how are developers in your team involved in testing activities today? 
Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, in addition to writing unit tests, uh, which I think all developers are doing and in charge of, uh, our developers are also responsible for writing test plans and then manually executing them. I know, manual testing, developers, yeah. that never happens. Uh, but yeah, but this is the approach that uh, we took. Great. So can, can you tell us more or less the process that you follow for for the different stages? Uh, when, when do they test? How do they prepare those test plans or test cases? I, I don't know which, what's the, the approach and, and the process? Definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, each feature basically enters uh, the design phase. Okay, so where uh, crucial areas will be taken into account. Uh, all the needed parts and changes will be documented, of course, by the developer uh, in our knowledge base. So every feature basically has its own article. And then when we have a new developers that are joining, they can basically read the architecture of um, basically all of our features, uh, sort of the uh, onboarding experience. <laughs> uh, so after that, uh, the developer will write the test plan for the feature uh, that he will be working on. Um, which will be also included in the same article. After that, I will be reviewing it with the developer to make sure that all the necessary test cases and edge cases have been added. Uh, and so before the design is finalized, the developer uh, sets a meeting with the team to present the design and the test plan and the whole flow. And so if something will come up uh, uh, in the meeting, we can add that as well. And basically then he starts to develop the feature after that, um, the feature enters the testing phase, um, which basically starts usually at um, the local environments, the local environment in which uh, the developer is working on. Uh, then uh, he will continue further to our uh, alpha and beta environments. So these environments are uh, mimicking our production. Basically, testing new features there will uh, provide us with uh, results that are pretty much similar if I were uh, if I was testing it on uh, production, yeah. for example. Uh, so after that, uh, after the testing phase is finished, we begin the acceptance testing, which uh, is done by me and sometimes by uh, our product managers as well. And if everything is okay, we're deploying the uh, PR to production. So uh, each new PR is reviewed and approved by at least two developers. Then the code goes through our CI CD, the unit tests, of course, and our testing IO automation suites. Um, I would also like to mention that we are not deploying new PRs to production after 2 p.m., except for Sundays, so that we will be able to minimize the risk uh, of potential regressions, that we'll have enough time to revert or uh, fix the issues so that our customers are not uh, affected. Yeah, it's a healthy practice. That's great. Uh, so I understood that uh, you are involved in, in a very early stage of the, of the definition of a feature. So Definitely. You, you have the testing activities even before starting development. So that's that's great. And how, how is that interaction between you and the de developers? So you, you say that you review the documentation and the, the test plan they prepare. And what things come up, come up in, in this type of conversation? What, what's the typical feedback that you could provide? Uh, sure. Uh, I think that uh, the typical feedbacks that are always coming up are the um, a lot of 
times there are some um, UI tests that are sort of uh, uh, developers forgetting about them um, as well as uh, maybe data testing. So it depends on the feature, right? So we can have a feature uh, that will integrate with a lot of other areas in the product and sometimes developers are not aware of that. So um, I put my uh, architect, architect hat on and then I uh, guide them through those uh, missing areas and then we add the uh, needed tests. Um, yeah, so it, it basically depends on the feature. Sometimes it can be nearly perfect and then I almost don't have anything to say. Sometimes uh, there will be some uh, tests that are uh, involved in more UI. Um, yeah, I yeah. guess that the, the testing mindset uh, is the, the way that you typically contribute in a discussion with a developer. And I really think this is very beneficial for both parties, because probably this developer is going to understand and think in, a, in, a, in another way in the future when uh, preparing new test plans. So that's amazing. Definitely. I, I do think that uh, really... Uh, sitting with the developer, not just um, reviewing the test plan, but also explaining the whole uh, uh, architecture of the product or, or the feature he's working on. And then um, looking for those missing areas can really uh, you know, um, put this whole picture together for him and for me as well, if there's things that I'm not aware of as well. Yeah, um, totally. And, and probably this helps, helps you to do a better job when you are doing the acceptance testing at Definitely. the end of the process. Definitely. It's a, it's a both-way uh, partnership. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Okay. And uh, you also mentioned that there are two developers approving the, the, the PRs. So do they do some uh, per review uh, in, the, in, in the code? Yeah, they're reviewing the code. Yeah, they're not testing the feature. Uh, they're just doing a review to make sure that uh, we we usually prefer that those two developers that are reviewing the code, the PR, will be uh, will also be uh, 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 familiar with the area that uh, was changed, uh, so that they can really uh, truly give um, a good review for that um, situation. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, the main the main thought uh, behind the acceptance testing is that I'm um, going over this the new features like a user would do. Yeah. A new user which uh, just now sees the feature for the first time, although I'm definitely seeing that feature uh, <laughs> a lot of times before that. Uh, but yeah, th that is definitely the main approach. Perfect. And um, you also mentioned test automation. Can you delve into it a little bit? I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. Sure, uh, I can uh, talk about it for hours. <laughs> okay. um, I think that for us, definitely test automation is uh, crucial. Uh, more than six months ago, we were using the uh, Nightwatch.js as our uh, automation framework. And uh, at that point, our product was, uh, well, our product is, of course, still continues to grow. But at that point, our product was already uh, big. 
And uh, we started to encounter a lot of regressions and difficulties with maintaining fast releases, right? So um, eventually we've uh, come to the conclusion that our safety net has had uh, holes in it. <laughs> Uh, so we couldn't really rely on Nightwatch, right? So the, as the name states, Nightwatch, although I didn't feel like someone was uh, watching after me. <laughs> okay. uh, because, yeah, because we had a lot of issues with regressions and uh, slow deploys. So we immediately did a POC with Cypress, which uh, went really well. And uh, while, we were, while we were doing that, uh, our CEO, Dan, introduced us to Testing.io and uh, asked us to do a POC uh, with that as well. So uh, at first I was like testing, I barely even know her. <laughs> uh, but really in a matter of a week, we had a robust tweet for our production, which really showed us the tremendous potential this tool has. Really, um, as Katya mentioned on her episode, uh, they really take the whole DevOps aspect of the tests and uh, you don't even have to deal with that at all. Yeah. Um, it's codeless for uh, for the listeners that are not familiar with testing. So it's codeless. It helps you uh, to create a new test in a blink of an eye. Um, and yeah, it, and it's as I already mentioned, it's really easy to use and it's really fast. So uh, for example, currently we are covering all of our environments with te with testing. We have more than sixty active tests uh, with a very high success rate. And uh, every run is completed in a matter of minutes. So for example, with Nightwatch, we had to wait at least half an hour for our deploy to be complete. Not the whole deploy, just the part with Nightwatch, 30 minutes. Okay. So it's a crucial uh, time that we could have used for something else. And I'm not even talking about the whole retries and failures. So uh, definitely testing Mayo for us. Uh, automation as a whole is crucial and testing really delivers uh, the dream. I don't want to sound like a commercial, but, but it's true. It's true. I can also add to that, that uh, in the last six months, more than 40 regressions were caught by testing, which is incredible. It's really nice to, to have these kind of metrics in order to also, I can imagine, to convince your management that the, this investment made, made sense, right? When they saw that we could uh, cover new features and a lot of areas in the product fast and uh, with results, they were immediately convinced even before we had uh, you know, the, the stats about regressions and, uh, and what I just mentioned. Right. And uh, who is the, the person in charge of uh, preparing the, the test scripts? Is uh, each uh, developer or is it you or how do you do it? Right, so currently I'm the only one who's in charge of uh, creating new tests for testing. I'm the only one who is um, supporting it and changing it. And um, so the developers are not involved in that yet. Uh, we are thinking about um, helping them and uh, guiding them with using it on their local environments so that they will be able to test, uh, use testing on local environments because this is something that we're still not doing yet. Although, as I mentioned, we are using Testim.io for all of our environments, except for um, the, uh, the devs local environment. Cool. Another question I have is, uh, which was the original motivation for involving developers in, the, in this type of activities, in the testing? Yeah, so uh, the original uh, 
background story for that is that our current director of R&D, prior to WalkMe, he worked at the AT&T, uh, where they involved the developers in manual testing. So when he joined us, he basically came with the same agenda. Um, prior to his arrival, I was, uh, I was complaining a lot about the quality of features that I uh, had to test. So basically, um, all the features that were arriving uh, to my table were at a very low quality, most of them, not all of them. Um, and so that was also one of the reasons uh, to basically, we said, okay, besides you know, uh, giving developers to manual, uh, manually test their features, they also need to care about the quality of their features. It's, it's not just about testing, you know, it's not just about um, saving costs. It's also, uh, as we talked uh, before, help them understand the whole, you know, the whole picture, and uh, and basically, as I said, care about the quality because uh, sometimes you know you can develop something and then you, um, let's say, uh, you didn't, you don't care that much, or you just, you know, you're under pressure, so uh, you don't have time for that. So once you have uh, a specific time for testing as well, the whole mindset changes, right? I've talked with some developers that have the idea, this mindset that someone else is going to test. And if it's something broken there, they will have a bug report to, to fix. But of course, this is not the most efficient way to <laughs> collaborate, right? Definitely, as you just mentioned, um... In our industry, uh, developers really rely on QAs and almost uh, they're almost never test anything they're doing uh, as a QA would do, right? So, um, so it's sort of a, it's sort of a given, right? You as a developer, you're developing something, and then you know that eventually um, yeah. it moves forward. And if there are any issues, right, like someone else will find them. So like changing this to this approach definitely um, gives this, uh, in my opinion, better, a better mindset regarding quality of features and uh, the development process as a whole. So you, you mentioned that before taking this approach, you were complaining a lot. I guess now you are very happy with the, with the approach, with the new approach. And what about the developers? How did they feel about it when this new manager proposed this idea? Yes. So uh, <laughs> we can have a separate episode just for that question. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine. Um, yeah. So uh, at first, not everyone was on board, right, um, uh, with this change. And it took us some time to really uh, start this new process. Um, Uh, I think that besides, you know, the upper management support, you also need to involve some other methods and uh, you need to, you sort of need to explain and convince and sell the idea to developers that um, besides, you know, them doing more work, it is beneficial for, uh, for the team, for the product, for the company. Um, so, yeah, so I think that besides, you know, Um, hitting the table and then saying, listen, you need to manually test. You need to do more things uh, on top of that. 
Um, and as I mentioned before, it's, it's a partnership, 100%. You need them and developers need you. You know, when I'm saying them, I, I mean uh, uh, QAs. And yeah, and you definitely need to have a sort of personal approach. You need to guide them, you need to do it at, at first for us. At first, I did basically everything for them. I did the test plans and I scheduled the meetings. And I had to, in some cases, you know, I had to chase down people <laughs> to uh, really uh, sit with them and tell them, listen, this is the test plan. This is why we need to do X, Y, Z. So, um, and of course, behind every test case, there's supposed to be a reason at first, uh, at least for the beginning, right? So sometimes developers can look at a test plan and they can say, why should I test all the, feature, uh, all the filter types, right? It's very repetitive. And then you need to tell them, listen, there might be a risk for regression, even though you didn't touch the other filters, right? Yeah. In this example. So you need to definitely uh, convince people. You need to um, do it. Uh, you need to guide them. It must be very personal. You cannot just, you know, write them on Slack. Hey, this is the test plan or I need the test plan and like send it back to me for review and then bye. No, it has to be... Um, as a partnership, as I already mentioned several yeah. times. And also training and, and continuous learning for both. Of course, definitely for both sides, right? So me too, like I will, I will also learn um, new information from the developers uh, for my um, work process and for further uh, things after this particular feature, right? Uh, that, I wonder, like sort of- I wonder what's the, do you have something in mind that it's the most important thing that you have learned by this from, from these interactions with developers when when collaborating with them, thinking about how to test something? Because I, I really believe that probably from our perspective, there are things that a developer can contribute to open our eyes from something that we couldn't see without their contribution, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, definitely, I, I agree. I think uh, I can tell that from several um, uh, occasions where I was reviewing a test plan, the developers were showing me their code. And uh, while I was seeing the code and they were explaining things, I could definitely think about uh, use cases that I forgot while I was reviewing or test cases they forgot and they didn't even, even think about. So it definitely, as you said, it opens your mind for more possibilities when you're seeing the uh, what's underneath the hood of the car. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so you push, you 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 press some gas, but uh, you don't know what what is going on underneath. Right. It definitely helps. Yeah. In the yeah. process. Certainly. And I would also also like to mention uh, for uh, the whole um, convincing developers to manually test. Um, you know, catching bugs in the early stages eliminates risks of potential support tickets. And we both know how developers love support <laughs> tickets, right? <laughs> so uh, yeah, so if we're catching the bug early, great. Immediately we can say we'll not get a support ticket for that. So it's another a way of thinking about it when you're trying to um, convince or sell the idea. Yeah, to, persuade, uh, right? Persuade, yeah, right, definitely. When you're trying to persuade, um, your developers. Yeah, totally. It, talking about the benefits that they are going to receive by doing this. Yeah, 
That's a great, great. 100%. Amazing. Um, the question that, that I think everyone have after listening to all what you share is, does it work? Would you recommend this approach to a friend? I think that I will definitely recommend it to a friend, to a colleague, to anyone. I really think that uh, involving developers uh, and letting them be responsible for manual testing is the future. This is where we are moving forward, where we are going forward uh, in the tech industry. Um, I think that um, involving them in manual testing also eliminates the back and forth between, you know, QAs and uh, developers, which saves a lot of time. And uh, in my opinion, the developing press process is more efficient. And when new features are ready for acceptance, the quality is already there, you know, and uh, it, it is much better to release the product. You're feeling much more comfortable than before. Um, And I truly think that with a strong automation infrastructure as the safety net, plus manual testing effort from developers and the guidance of a QA lead, uh, teams can really achieve uh, the holy trinity of quality. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It is, it, is, it is really possible, uh, I think. Uh, and regarding automation tools, you can have as many automated tools as possible, right? We have currently a lot of options and uh, most of them are great, but you can buy automation, but you cannot buy uh, mindset, right? So you can have all the tools in the world, but if you don't have the right mindset, you probably will not reach the quality uh, you desire for your product. Cool. Andre, uh, I have a couple of final questions for you. One is if you have any book to recommend our listeners to, to read. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, okay, so I'm a big fan of uh, Harlan Coben. Uh, I love his books. Um, I recently read several books from his, um, from the recent releases. So for our listeners who are uh, looking for some drama and some thriller uh Uh, thriller books, definitely uh, recommend The Stranger. It's, in my opinion, I think it's an amazing thriller book. Uh, Netflix also uh, has a series based on the book. So for those who maybe prefer don't like, film. yeah, prefer uh, to, to see the series and don't like reading books, they definitely can uh, watch the series. Okay, great. And what about habits? Uh, do you have any habit to recommend people to follow? that could in, improve their productivity, for example? Yeah, sure. Um, I think that um, at this period of time, especially with the pandemic, uh, mindfulness is very important, right? Uh, we need to exercise our mind. So um, definitely meditations. And uh, if you're having a stressful day, you know, taking those 15 minutes or 30 minutes just to meditate and relax and to connect with your body and mind. I think it's definitely um, crucial. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I definitely believe in that. It, for, for me, uh, from my own experience, I think it sometimes really relaxes me and uh, then I can, can continue with my day. Like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. I, I think this is one of the silver lining of the pandemic that, Many people got into to meditation or to 
even yoga or things like this, right? Even I'm talking also for myself. I never tried before, and this year was the first time, and I feel I felt that I really needed, and it made a change. So thanks for for sharing. Um, yeah, especially that that most of us are at our in our homes, right? Yeah. So we can basically do a lot of things while yeah. we are working. Yeah, totally. Um, do you want to invite our listeners to do anything? Uh, yeah, sure. I would invite people, uh, listeners, to connect with me on LinkedIn. If you have any questions regarding to automation or involving developers with uh, manual testing or testing as a whole, uh, feel free to uh, to connect with me. And uh, yeah, I'll be happy to uh, to hear stories and help uh, more people in similar uh, similar positions. You just give, gave us like a small view of all the things that are important in order to, to involve and collaborate in another way with developers. So I'm sure you have many other stories to share about it. So thank you so much, Andre. Definitely. Uh, have a nice day. Thank you so much, Fede. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos.